Greetings, fellow Federationists. Today is Tuesday, January 4, 2022, and this is presidential release number 512. And happy World Braille Day and happy 2022 to my Federation family across the country. It's so great to be back together for... Uh, what I think is going to prove to be one of our best years yet. I do want to extend uh, my warmest greetings and uh, wishes um, for all Federationists for the year 2022 and a happy World Braille Day. It's a great day, a great month actually to celebrate Braille and to kick off the work that we do in the National Federation of the Blind to build literacy opportunities for blind people. It is cold outside, at least here in Baltimore, uh, over the last few days. We've had some snow, which has been kind of fun. But to kick off the year, I'm feeling pretty hopeful because I recognize that seven months from today, we will be in New Orleans getting ready to kick off our 2022 National Convention. And I recognize that the coronavirus is still with us and we have variants to worry about, but I am very optimistic that we are going to work out the details to have a robust in-person convention in New Orleans this summer. And we are planning to be in New Orleans from Tuesday, July 5 to Sunday, July 10. And I encourage you to start making your reservations and plans to be at our 2022 convention in person. So I want to give you some of the convention details, uh, recognizing that we still have many months to go and things to figure out, but you, you want to get your hotel room soon so that you can start making your plans to be in New Orleans for the convention. Our headquarters hotel for our 2022 convention will be the New Orleans Marriott at 555 Canal Street. You can reserve your room by calling 800-654-3990. 800-654-3990. Our overflow hotel is the Sheridan New Orleans, which is at 500 Canal Street. As you might guess, it's right across the street, immediately across the street from the Marriott. We will be using both of these hotels, and while the Sheridan is the overflow, you should know that the Sheridan will be hosting the exhibit hall for the convention. So if uh, you're an exhibitor or want to be very close to the exhibit hall, you may prefer to stay in the Sheridan. Obviously, the Marriott's where the main meetings and suites are, but the Sheridan has its own charm to it. It does have the Starbucks as well, in case you're interested. So you can check out both properties. They're great properties, and we're glad to be there. You can reserve a room at the Sheridan by calling this number, 855-516-1000. to reserve a room at the Sheridan. 
At both hotels, singles and doubles are $109 a night. Triples and quads are $119 a night. The combined sales and tourism tax rate is 16.2%, and there is a hotel occupancy fee of $3 per night. That's a citywide fee, I believe. So the hotels will take a deposit of the first night's room rate and taxes and fees. So it'll be roughly $130 for the deposit. Probably been a while since um, folks have thought about reserving rooms at the convention. So you can find information in the January Braille Monitor about the uh, hotel and the reservation information and the prices and how the deposits work and that sort of thing. We are planning to have a convention in person and we recognize that there are going to be a lot of questions about what our protocols are going to be and what procedures we're going to use and obviously we're not going to talk about that on this release because um, we're going to continue to build those plans as we see how things go forward. I can tell you that currently in New Orleans, a number of venues, especially entertainment venues where there's live music, require proof of vaccination. So I would encourage, uh, continue to encourage Federation members to get vaccinated against the coronavirus. We uh, most certainly will require masking in and amongst the convention activities, regardless of whether that's a requirement of the city at the time, I'm quite certain that we will require that in convention meetings. There undoubtedly will be other COVID protocols we will use. We will provide information about that in the convention registration process. And obviously, as we get closer to the convention, there may be additional details to add to that, but I would encourage you to come be part of the convention if you're able to do so. We know a lot more than we did two years ago about how to live in and amongst the virus. We have a vaccine and a booster. Um, we're all used to wearing masks, and I know that many of you are eager to be out engaging in building the Federation and in and amongst the convention. We will open the registration, as has been tradition, on March 1st, so you can look forward to that. The registration fee, uh, online registration, so before the convention, will be $25, and the banquet will be $70. You'll note that these prices are the same as they were in 2019. If you register or buy banquet tickets at the convention, of course, the cost is more and you have to wait in line. So I would encourage you to register in advance of the convention online. We will have a virtual component to the convention. It will feel similar to uh, conventions of 2019 and before when we've streamed certain parts of the convention. We're still putting our virtual experience together. But 
we know for certain that there is nothing that compares to being in and amongst the convention crowd. Obviously, we want people to feel safe and to feel um, welcome. But if you don't feel comfortable coming to the convention, we will make the core elements of the convention experience available through streaming as we have in the past. Those details are still coming together, and I would love your suggestions about what that should look like. I have some other important announcements to talk to you about, and this one does relate to the convention. For many years, the Federation has run a scholarship program. I think our scholarships actually go back to the 1960s, but for the last many decades, we've had a scholarship program, and we've been offering 30 scholarships, and for a long time now, our minimum scholarship amount has been $3,000. At its meeting last month, the Federation's Board of Directors has made a number of important enhancements to the scholarship program, starting with this class that we're recruiting for right now. So if you're a college student and you are thinking about applying for a scholarship, you will want to know that we've made some important changes. It doesn't impact the application process but it does impact what happens at the other side of the process. First, I should let you know that one minor change is that the application process now does require a scholarship finalist to turn age 18 prior to the beginning of the convention. That would be the day before the convention or earlier. The more significant change, though, is that the board has increased the minimum amount for the scholarships, and that is that each one of the 30 scholarship finalists will be guaranteed to walk away with $8,000, which I think is really tremendous. Also, the scholarship program is now going to be a flat program. You know that it's been tiered in the past. We've had a small number of higher dollar scholarships. Everybody's going to get $8,000 and everybody's going to get the same amount in the program. The board has made this change because um, we want to focus back on the mentoring aspects of the program. The program is already very competitive in terms of the application process and getting into the class of scholarship finalists and the board felt it was really valuable and important that we focus our energy on making sure that we can do the mentoring with these scholarship finalists and grow them into federation leaders um, like we want to. So all 30 of our scholarship finalists will receive $8,000, and, and undoubtedly there will be add-ons to that with our, our partners and that sort of thing. Applications will continue to be competitive, as I've said, and the deadline will continue to be March 31st. Scholarship awards will continue to be contingent on full participation in and amongst the national convention, so the committee will select finalists, but they won't become winners until they've fulfilled their responsibilities to participate in the convention. 
Another important development that I think is pretty exciting is that we will have a new way of selecting the individual from the scholarship class who gets the additional opportunity and honor of addressing the convention at the banquet. So a lot of neat changes to our scholarship program. I'm really excited about it. I think it is a great advancement for us. I hope all of you will be as well. And now is the time to promote this with young people uh, in your affiliates. Some people, maybe they were on the fence about applying for a scholarship because it was only $3,000. 8,000 maybe will make them pay a little more attention to the work that we're doing in the National Federation of the Blind. And I think it's a true credit to the work of the members of this organization that we're in a position to do it. So promote the scholarship program and let's make the committee's job even harder this year by upping the number of quality applicants that the committee has to select from. Another historic announcement, I guess I would say, on this release is to talk about the KNFB Reader Mobile. You know that for a number of years, actually well over a decade, we've been working with Ray Kurzweil on this generation of reading machine technology, starting with the first handheld reading machine, which we came out with in the 2000 six or seven time period and later the mobile app which has been available on ios and android for six or seven years now the federation has been partnering in the development of the mobile app on ios and android and windows with a company uh, called sensatech nv uh, they've been a great partner with us the Federation has decided that the time has come for us to turn over uh, management of the KNFB mobile application to Sensitech. We have done a great job of stimulating the marketplace. There are a number of uh, other mobile applications now that do uh, scan and read work. The KNFB is uh, reader technology is now available free to every blind person in America through the NFB Newsline application. So we've built the technology and made it freely available. So it's time for our organization to get out of the business of trying to develop and sell this mobile reading technology. So we have created an agreement with Sensitech that will be taking over um, full uh, operation of the app, including supporting customers of the app and doing development. The most important thing is those of us who have bought KNFB Reader Mobile and continue to use it on our phones will continue to have the app supported by SenseAttack and upgraded as new versions of operating systems come out. SenseAttack will be changing the name of the application to the one-step reader, but beyond the name change, you won't notice any difference. So in about a month or so, when you upgrade the KNF Free Reader, it will now be called the one-step reader, but uh, it'll be the same 
user interface and that sort of thing, just have a different name. Uh, I think this is a really important moment. Uh, it marks uh, really an opportunity for us to celebrate the great work that we have done now for well over a decade to advance reading technology and not just this application, but in so many areas. Our work on the KNFB Reader has allowed us to push the technology of other manufacturers and to set an example in so many areas of accessibility. And most importantly, the scan and read technology, the power of KNFB will continue to be available in not just the one-step reader, but also within our NFB Newsline system, we will continue to offer KNFB for free to all blind people who use that mobile app. So be aware that's coming. You will see more announcements about that undoubtedly as the month goes on. We are getting ready for the Washington Seminar in February, and we are having both a virtual and an in-person component to that event. I do want to let you know, especially those who are interested in seeking employment, that we will be having a workshop in conjunction with the Washington Seminar. This is the 2022 Virtual Career Fair, which will take place in conjunction with the Washington Seminar on Monday, February 7, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. This is a great opportunity for you to get connected with knowing what job opportunities are out there, increase your networking skills, and learn about trends within the employment area. There will be some preparatory workshops for the career fair, both for job seekers and employers, and these will occur on Monday, January 10, and Monday, January 17 at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Job seekers should plan to have a current resume ready along with their uh, registration for the career fair. For more information about how to register and participate, you should contact Dick Davis, who's chair of our employment committee. His email address is dickblind at gmail.com. Or you can contact John Dubay at jdubay at leads at scale.com. I encourage people to participate in our career fair activities. Additional note uh, that we did update the organization's code of conduct. On January 1, the board posted the new code of conduct, and I want to again thank the many Federation members who gave feedback on the draft code that the board put out in November. You will see many of your comments reflected in changes in the now active version of the code of conduct, which you can find on every page of our nfb.org website, or you can go to nfb.org slash code of conduct. 
I want to note that there's an HTML version of the code as well as a uh, downloadable BRF if you want to emboss your own copy of the code or put it onto your Braille device, you can get it there. There's also a PDF version and an MP3 version of the code as well as a lot of other information and there will be more coming. I encourage you to uh, learn about the code of conduct and making sure you're uh, following the guidance there, adhering to the high standard of conduct that we hold in our organization, and of course be aware of the reporting procedures if you feel that there have been violations to the code. I'm really proud of where our organization stands on our code of conduct work, and I hope that you are as well. I do have a few Federation family notes to share with you here on this release. Number of things which I regret to have to share with you, but I know you will want to know. From Missouri, Daniel Garcia, president of our Kansas City chapter, reports the passing of Lawrence Thomas, who was a longtime member of the Kansas City chapter. He passed away on Sunday, January 2nd. From New Jersey, Linda Melendez, our president there, reports the passing of Karen Fitzgerald on Wednesday, December 29th, after suffering a massive stroke the week before. Karen was active in the seniors division, the at-large chapter, the technology division, and the Sports and Recreation Division in New Jersey. Uh, Linda also reports the passing of Liz Morgan on Friday, November 5th. Liz has been a longtime member of the Garden State chapter and uh, has been active in many aspects of the Federation's work. Linda describes Lynn, particularly important on this World Braille Day. Linda says that Braille was always Liz's first love. Linda says she never gave in to listening to audiobooks, but always loved to read them in Braille. So you would, should keep Liz as well as other members of the Federation in your thoughts and prayers. From Michigan, Michael Powell reports that on December 15th, Marsha Marks passed away after a nearly year-long battle with cancer. Marsha is the wife of Victor, who is a leader in our Kalamazoo chapter, as well as the Michigan Student Division. From Maryland, I regret to have to share with you the passing uh, away of Marsha Dyer on December 20th after battling with cancer. Many of you will know Marsha from her service as a staff member here at the National Center which uh, started first in 1990. She served in many capacities, in, including being 
uh, secretary to, to Dr. Jernigan, to Mrs. Jernigan. You have heard her participate in the resolutions committee. We could give a long list of, of things that uh, she has done in the organization. More recently, although she retired from the staff, she had been continuing to do proofreading of the Braille monitor for us. In fact, right up through December, she had proofread the monitor. So um, Marsha's presence will definitely be missed in and around the Federation. She was a longtime member of our Greater Baltimore chapter and more recently was a founding member of Maryland's TLC chapter. I would encourage you to keep uh, Marsha's son, Frank, who has been in and around the Federation for a long time, uh, in your thoughts and prayers as well. And I also regret to inform you of the passing of Father Gregory Paul on December 30th at the age of 93. Uh, Father Gregory really became a strong advocate for the capacities of blind people, especially after getting to know Dr. and Mrs. Jernigan and um, spending time with Dr. Jernigan, especially during uh, the final weeks of his life. Father Gregory came to know many members of the Federation by attending dozens of uh, national conventions, performing invocations and masses at conventions and spending time with uh, a lot of us. Most recently, he was um, doing ministering at the Holy Family Passionist Retreat Center in West Hartford, Connecticut. He is known for a number of things, but more recently, uh, in the time that he knew and came to be part of the Federation family, any time he saw blind people, he would ask them if he knew about the National Federation of the Blind. And he was infamous for calling people um, by their name and sometimes not always the right name, but an interesting observation is that uh, not only would he ask blind people if they knew about the National Federation of the Blind, he wouldn't hesitate to ask blind people who he'd already asked if they were part of the National Federation of the Blind. So Father Gregory will be missed um, around our movement. His funeral was today, and I know that Mrs. Jernigan, amongst other Federation members, were there. So you should keep Father Gregory and all of these Federation family members and those I might not know about in your thoughts and prayers as we go forward into 2022. As we come to the close of this first presidential release for 2022, and we think about World Braille Day, there's a lot we could say about um, Braille and the difference it makes in our lives. I do want to remind you that uh, we do have a free slate and stylus program. Uh, so um, a great way to learn about and, and participate in Braille is to get one of our free slates. Um, Braille is uh, one of the many areas where the Federation provides leadership and makes a real difference. So I would encourage each of us to make a rededication this year to promoting our work in Braille 
literacy. Now, as I was thinking about that today, uh, I had some correspondence via email with Barbara Lose of Nebraska, and she offered me um, this Braille poem by John Lee Clark, who's a deafblind poet from Minnesota, and so I thought I'd offer it to you before the customary endings. This is a poem entitled simply Braille. The world rests on my lap. If my finger is the sky, then under it the fields prosper. Row after perfect row of buds. Bid me gather all I can. The harvest is food for thought. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind. Please join us for the next NFB Presidential Release Live on Tuesday, February 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern using Zoom, the Nation's Blind YouTube channel, our internet stream, or by asking your Amazon device to open Nation's Blind. Contact President Riccobono at 410-659-9314 or via email at officeofthepresident at nfb.org. Will you remember me tomorrow? Yeah. Will you remember me a week from now? Sure. Will you remember me next year? Of course. Okay, tell me a joke. What's green and silver and blue? What? What? A cold Slytherin. Knock, knock. Who's there? You already forgot me. Oh, I can't believe it. What do you call a bunch of magic students walking in the snow? What? Mm, what? A wizard blizzard. That's cold. <laughs> what did the snail say while it rode the tortoise? What? Whee! The preceding message was brought to you by Mark Riccobono, President, National Federation of the Blind, Office of the President at nfb.org, 410-659-9314, www.nfb.org. Let's go build the National Federation of the Blind.